0: What am I saying here? Can we edit this out?
1: Welcome to the Church Mag Podcast.
0: What about using Instagram during worship service? Five questions with John Dyer in a revolutionary app called Press Cream. What about using Instagram, or as Phil brought up, Facebook or any other sort of social media that involves photos, during worship service? What about that? Is it okay, good, bad, ugly? What do you guys think? Well, so that
2: we are all on the same page with our audience, we just need to make sure that we're not stating that this is the church tech team that is doing the worship video for a live stream or a DVD this is not um some kind of production that this is not some kind of um we encourage this to happen because we want to make something out of this i know that david crowder band had done something amazing a year ago i believe it was now where they did a christmas music video they had tons of different video footage from cameras and whatnot from a youth ministry conference where they literally took I think it was a hundred different perspectives and had an amazing video just because people post a video of their concert online with a certain hashtag, and they made a huge epic video with production and camera phone quality videos. It was amazing, but we're not talking about that
0: correct.: No, no, we're not talking about that at all. That's you know that's kind of like an interactive group creative experience, interactive, epic awesomeness. I'm talking about Bob and Joan. No, these these are random people, if you couldn't tell. Bob and Joan go to church, and they get there. They're a few minutes late, and praise and worship has already started. They sit on the second to last row, or maybe up front. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. And during the third song, they whip out their smartphone, and they take a photo, and they Instagram it, Facebook it, whatever, you know, press-gram it, and they say, you know, rock and worship at Victory Calvary Chapel, hashtag... God is awesome, and then
3: sends it. That's what I'm talking about. Is that okay? What do you guys think? I, I don't think it's okay at all. I don't think I. I'm torn. Um, I'm Pentecostal, a very charismatic denomination, and so there's a lot of things sometimes that happen during worship or during a, a prayer time at the altar that are probably photo worthy because um, they're dramatic and they're emotional, and I think there's a private times for that person with God and for that person in their church community. What if it's
0: the classic sea of hands in the air with the metrosexual worship
3: leader on stage? If you can't see anyone's face but the worship leader, like you see a sea of hands, that's one thing. You're not singling people out. I, I'm fine with pictures that are taken to demonstrate the, like, the unity of the crowd in worship um, and that kind of thing because that, that can be a powerful testimony to what's going on at your church. I'm okay with that. My problem is when people get a singular focus on one person or it's you're invading their privacy before God. You know, I remember when I was a kid, they had the media team do the videos. So, According to parameters of our discussion, this is okay, but I didn't like it. Media team would do video during worship time at at church camps, and inevitably you get some some 15-year-old girl on there who is ugly crying because God is ministering to her at that moment. Her face is now plastered across a 20-by-20 screen, and we watched a highlight video that night. You know, I just didn't feel like that was appropriate.
0: Right. You're saying that, you know, there are some things during praise and worship that should remain sacred and in that moment, and there's no need to preserve it in, in in a form of video. That's what you're saying, right? Exactly. Okay, you've kind of defined it as being a single individual. What about the effects of the individual taking the photo? I'm talking about back to Bob and Joan. Was it Joan or Joanne. Do you guys remember? Sally. Sally. Okay, Bob and Sally, whatever. They are participants in praise and worship. They're not on the tech team or anything like that. And it's in the middle of praise and worship. I'm talking about the effects on the person doing the Instagramming during praise and worship. Not necessarily of those that they're capturing, although that's a valid point. And I, I think what you've outlined is, is something to think about. What about the effects of the person using the technology? We often talk about—we often, when we think about technology, we think about its effects on everybody else, and we don't think of the effects that it may have on the person using the technology.
3: I think that they've made their choice in a way, though. If the technology isn't distracting them, I feel like something else will. Does it make sense? That's a person who's disengaged at their heart, and that's a heart problem. And I don't think taking away their phone is going to change that.
2: I have an issue with this because we are assuming that you have to be singing, you have to be um, joining into the group every single time, or in some ways at all, to have proper worship. Whereas I will personally say that I could turn on a CD and have the same exact reaction personally, in my attitude towards God, as I do whenever I'm sitting in a crowd of um, 500 people at church service. Now, I know it's different when we get into certain situations where we're convicted because of something that happened in our lives, or we just did an amazing missions trip, and so I'm back in this situation. But I think that, in general, my own approach to worship actually happens on an individual level whenever I'm sitting down talking with someone. And there's just this moment between me and God where I'm like, thank you so much for what you've done for just our entire humanity, but also at this very moment. And so for me, worship in the sense of let's sing and praise God always is happening for me, but it's no different whenever I'm singing in the car as opposed to whenever I'm in worship at a church service. And so for me to put up a phone and take a picture does not impede and I don't think limits what God can do. And I don't think that um, having that phone is going to interrupt My relationship with him and so I actually have a problem with saying that that is going to do something at least on a personal level now how that how that's going to interact with other people I totally get
0: right basically another way to look at it is that because social media is such an expression of our lives. You know, we take a picture of the food, we take a picture of our shoes, we take a picture of the sunset, and we want to share our experiences, we want to communicate something to our friends and to the masses, and you're you're involved in praise and worship, and in the middle of that praise and worship, you know, you just want to shout it out, and you want to express yourself. And because you've been using Instagram and social media to express yourself throughout the week, through everything else, from the victories to the failures to the highs and the lows, in that moment, that is the vein that you're using. It's beyond the song. It's beyond the lyric. It is, I'm going to share this, and I'm going to type it out, and I'm going to declare it and let everybody knows I'm in love with Jesus, and I don't care who knows.
2: Exactly, and I hope that in some regards that people are not so ADD and distracted and so personally caught up in themselves that they have to make mention of it and get upset and really make an issue of something like that. Because I took a single picture. Now, if I was sitting there taking like tap, 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 pictures, I can understand how that can be distracting. But if I take a single picture, if it's blurry, it's blurry. I don't care. I don't have the flash on, whereas sometimes I do, and it's totally distracting. I'm like, I hate myself. But if I can actually take a single picture without uh, minimizing the distraction as much as possible i don't think i don't see that as an issue
0: that's part of our culture i think though jeremy is that the adaptation of smartphones and technology in our world i mean they showed like the the last pope and it was like one cell phone being held up and then this last it was like a sea of cell phones you know, of people taking the picture. So part of that, I think, is an adoption of technology as being comfortable in our lives. Like, it's okay for that to be in the world. It's okay to see that at the post office. It's okay to see someone stopping and taking a picture. It's People are more accustomed and comfortable with it, and it just takes some time for that to happen at church. So obviously, there might be some initial kind of knee-jerk reactions to it. But I think basically what you're saying, Jeremy, and have outlined pretty well, is that Just as Jesus said, this is really a heart issue, and making up a rule based on whatever we deem as the guidelines isn't where it's at. And then it's really a heart issue as far as Instagramming, taking photos, and sharing social media during praise and worship services.
2: Yeah, and and I can definitely see that having a policy of don't have your phones out taking pictures— Could be because your entire church is focused on those that are just getting to meet Jesus for the first time Your congregation is very young. You have people that have maybe never been to church have been hurt by the church have uh, Are full of people that would not call themselves Christians And so I think that that's a great purpose to say, you know what? Let's just leave that all behind. Let's just focus on worship And I think that that's where my church is right now and I personally am at a point where I don't want to take my phone out in some regards because I want to just be able to let the experience be. But at the same time, when I go back to Ohio to the church that I have been sent from, in some regards, I think that the greatest thing I can do is to take some pictures and say, man, this family is just absolutely great that the pastor is knocking it out of the park. And I know that that church is established, that so many people in this congregation are just absolutely Uh, rocking it for God, I think that the discipleship, the maturity level in their faith is so high that I personally don't have a problem with being able to do something like that at the same time. Right,
0: and I I think Phil has brought up some really good points early on. No matter your perspective or your feelings on if it's okay to be taking Instagrams and photos and involving yourself in social media during praise and worship, that if you're taking pictures to indeed respect people's privacy and stuff, I think that that's that's pretty huge and, and something... Obviously people on stage I mean they're on stage you know everyone sees them it's not such a big deal but like giving people privacy I think that that's that's just that that's good form that's really good form yeah. so definitely
3: I have a pushback to Jeremy's pushback Oh my gosh you know this pushback thing one day a fight's going to break out I've got quite the um wingspan so I might be able to clip Jeremy in Colorado I don't know we'll see I'm I'm pretty um, famous last yeah. words <laughs> You know, Jeremy you make a great point and I and I understand the the need, I don't know if this is the right word, to, to document what God is doing. Does it make sense? Does that sound right? Yeah. Is that I, would,
2: okay. I would say it's as much documenting as it is intentional evangelism or intentional conversation spurring for okay. outside of the actual worship service.
3: Okay.
0: Yeah, because, you know, hadn't the disciples documented using the technology of writing, we wouldn't have the New Testament. Yeah,
3: true, true. But I guess my, my, I guess my thought is, the documentation they left was was not in the moment. It, the cooler heads prevailed. They were writing, not always dispassionately, because they cared about the church. But they were writing, they weren't writing in the worship service. You know, transcribing what goes on and whatnot. Like I said, I'm I'm from a very charismatic movement of churches, and sometimes that what goes on in those services belongs in those services and nowhere else. And I've noticed there's like a Trend of people in our denomination that um, will take pictures of altar services and worship services where people are being ministered to by God, and um, some of the comments they make, and I don't want to say too much because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Cause I love these people, but I feel like it, it's flippant and it makes light. It makes it's casting pearls before swine in a way, and I, I just, it just feels like it cheapens what God does sometimes. And I also feel that. When you share some of those things, those really intimate moments of God out of context, it can create a barrier for people who are afraid of God in a way. Like, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what, what, you know, That kind of of people who have that fear of surrendering to God because they're not sure what's going to happen to them and their free will. And I feel like sometimes it can create a barrier for those people to come to church. Sure.
2: And I would also be hesitant for leadership to enact anything right away, especially with people that might be taking pictures, because my heart in itself lends to those that have never stepped foot in the church. My, my own personal bent always in faith is to be a light to those that don't know Jesus. And so if you get new visitors, if you get people that have never understood the culture of church are taking pictures and saying, wow, this is something I've never experienced before. And then 10 seconds later or at the end of the service, someone comes up and says, you know, I, th- I really hate the fact that you took that picture and it can be good intentioned, but at the same time, it can also come across as so uninviting. And so I think that that approach also needs to be very thought out. Um, yeah. And I, I say all of this because there's one story from my organization that um, we, we had 20 people come to the church camp and it was just like a solid amazing worship kids were up front jumping up and down worshiping god having so much fun but then you get into this mode of we're grabbing arms and we're just sitting there and worshiping and so then that next week they go to church when they get back never been to church before the only experience of worshiping god is at camp when everybody's jumping around and totally paying attention but just having teenage fun and really teenage worship which by all accounts, is probably better than any adult worship we can ever have. And so they're in the front row of this church with all these pews and the worship pastor was the youth pastor as well. sits there. They're praising and they're up front jumping up and down, singing and then holding arms and everybody else is like, what is going on? And they had the audacity to go and say something and those kids never came back. And so if we do that with Instagram, if we do that with really anything in our lives, but specifically with this topic, how much of a disservice are we doing for the gospel?
0: On this edition of the ChurchMag Podcast, we have with us John Dyer. John, welcome to ChurchMag Podcast, five questions. Thanks for having me. Awesome. I say awesome too much. <laughs> You can never say awesome I've been much. self-monitoring myself. I'm like, man, I say awesome way too much, which probably means I'm writing <laughs> far too much. John Dyer is the author of many different web products. You may have seen them, as well as MediaElement.js, which is a really good media JavaScript that you can use on a WordPress blog or any website that was recently adopted into the WordPress core, even. John Dyer's author of From the Garden to the City. John, you have such a long list of things to go over. You're so accomplished. All right, question number one. You've worked on a number of projects, websites, and books in the past. Which of these would you say was your personal Favorite.
1: Well, it is a background app that detects how often you say the word "awesome." Thank you. Just kidding. Thank you. Um, no, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think right now one of the things that's been just just still really the most fun one has been the um, you know JavaScript Bible software that, that we're you know distributing into, into closed countries. I mean, the, the stuff with WordPress is really fun, um, but but I think just knowing that there there are men and women out there who you know can't have a printed Bible without getting in trouble, and they can have Bible on their phone or on their laptop, and that's that's really fun to be a part of
0: probably one of my personal favorites would have would be the app that you made that changed the translation of the Bible didn't it make turn it into redneck or something <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, yeah. So, you know, most languages have uh, what they call a second person plural, where you can distinguish between, you know, you as an individual and you plural. But English doesn't have that, at least modern English. So, you know, in, in, in Texan, of course, we say y'all down in the south. And, uh, you know, in, in Chicago, they say you guys. So this little little uh, Chrome plugin basically just whenever you're on you version or Bible Gateway, it will kind of find those second person plural yous and put in y'all or you guys or whatever version you want. So that you can you can see it, and it's kind of fun because you see a lot of passages that you might think are directed at just you as an individual, but are really directed at a community, and it's kind of a powerful change of reading.
0: Yeah, at first you're like, "Wow, this is really funny! What a what a cool little gag!" And then you begin to look at it a little bit closer, and it does exactly what you said. You know, it's like this fun tool that tricks us all into thinking about Scripture
1: even more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And how how powerful you know language and our tools are in shaping how we see God's word.
0: All right, question number two: Where do you keep- Keep your smartphone at night.
1: Well, What we try to do is, you know, in the evening when I get home from work, try to put the phone somewhere on a on a mantle or something like that, so that it it's sort of out of the way, and I'm not is is tempted to want to check it all day. And then, um, but when I do go to sleep, I, I put it next to my nightstand. It's my um, my alarm clock and and all of that, so it's right next to me as I sleep.
0: Well, it's better than some. I know some guys that actually keep it under their pillow.
1: Oh yeah. Wow. I, I have a neighbor that um, he he works on the, uh, the chips, the Qualcomm chips and all those that are in all the phones. And he was recently telling me that you know that, that half the data power that, that is in a phone for it to get to your cell phone tower is devoted to going through the human body. So they double the power to make sure it can go through your body. And so he, he says, as a chip developer, that he turns off the data on his phone because he's afraid <laughs> of what it's going to do. So that works.
0: Wow. That is amazing. Name your three most favorite blogs.
1: Let's see. I think that I enjoy checking Mac rumors and seeing what, what is up to date and what things, gadgets are coming out. I also like uh, the sci fi uh, blog called IO9. So it's sometimes a little bit off color and inappropriate, but it is, I just like sci fi stuff. And then I, I still probably have all the sort of Christian collections of sites. I, I appreciate what the Gospel Coalition does and the diversity of issues that they cover there. So I, I think that's a good one to check every now and again.
0: You know, on the ChurchMag podcast, we had been using the media mediaelement.js for the podcast to, to play inline in WordPress. And so when I saw that WordPress had added it to their core, I actually did a double take and, like, went onto the site really fast to check if it would work. And I was just, like, amazed. I'm like, wow, they use John's... Code uh, to, to make it so that you can put in a plain URL to an MP3 and Word, WordPress automatically picks it up and converts it to the media element.js. What was it like to have them? Put that into the core. Well,
1: yeah, it was really fun and and kind of terrifying too, because you know you're thinking about all the little things that you go, I'll I'll get to that change or or, or something like that. Um, Because this originally started out as a project for the uh, the Echo Conference in Dallas, um, you know, just as an example of how to do HTML5, and then I ended up using it in something for Dallas Theological Seminary, and it kind of built and grew, and you know, there's a lot of contributions, but um, I really didn't expect WordPress to call and say they really wanted to adopt it full time. so when they did, I kind of freaked out and really didn't do a lot of additional updates, just what they needed for a little bit. And so now we're just kind of getting back on track. But it was, yeah, it's really exciting and kind of fun just to see that something that was a fun project was found helpful by somebody else. Yeah, it, it, it's
0: pretty amazing. You know, a project that starts off, you kind of hold it together with duct tape. And before you know it, <laughs> Automatic is, is sending you an email. Yeah. 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 It's fun. All right, John. Question number 5. What did you want to grow up and be when you were
1: 7 years uh, old? I think, if I remember right, I was probably something like someone who worked at the Lego store and or Lego manufacturing place and made up Lego sets because I've always always enjoyed building stuff whether it was, you know, electronics and wires or Legos or whenever I found out about how to do code. I just really like making things and so I feel like I'm kind of in that in that field and then I still get to play with Legos with my son. Exactly. That's exactly
0: what you're doing. You're still building things, awesome projects, and we certainly appreciate the work that you have done to contribute to things like WordPress, things like church tech, things like theology, and how that all intersects and interrelates. So thank you so much, John, for your contributions and for being on the Church Mag's five questions.
1: Yeah, well, thanks for all you guys do at Church Mag. What a great, great idea, and I appreciate your support on it, too. And, and thanks for letting me be on the, on the podcast.
0: While we're on the topic of Instagram and social media photo sharing, our link from around the web is Pressgram. If you don't know what Pressgram is, Pressgram is, in a nutshell, Instagram, but you can hook it into WordPress if you have a self-hosted install of WordPress, but you don't have to have WordPress to use Pressgram. Jeremy, what have you liked about Pressgram the most so far?
2: So I think that the greatest part about Pressgram for me is the fact that it makes social media submit to what you want to do. Um, There's a lot of different applications out there, but Instagram and Vine and Twitter and all these different social media outlets for photos and for video really require you to use their system. And I don't necessarily approve or want to be able to use the photos as they're intended for on these different networks. And so Pressgram is definitely intended for the user to use however they wish. And if they want Pressgram to be the end all be all for their photos, that's great. But then also for those that want to drive traffic to their website for bloggers, for business people, this is a great tool that's so diverse and so flexible that it's not Instagram. And so it makes In a marketing tool, it makes it a place for you to value and own your images. For photographers, they don't have to ever worry about losing the rights. And so I think that's the key part about this.
0: Right, and I want people to understand with Pressgram because it can be a little bit... Confusing because you begin to hear about WordPress self-host a blog if you're you're hearing this and you're going yeah, but Instagram my friends are on there There's interaction the Pressgram app itself on your phone has built in community You can follow people you can comment on one another's photos Everything can happen within the app just like exactly like Instagram, but with your Pressgram ring of friends Okay, and so it, it in that regard. It's identical to Instagram. What it has in addition to that is number one, you always own the photos. Number two, you can attach it via your different uh, Twitter photo applications like your PicTweet or whatever, where it kind of automatically embeds the link for the photo in the tweet. Or, as Jeremy was saying with your blog, you can set up on your blog either with a special plugin or directly, you can literally blog from Pressgram. You can add your tag, you can add your category, and I hope in the future Pressgram makes it so that it will automatically pull up whatever categories that you, that you have uh, instead of having to remember what your categories are, but that's just, that's just minute, okay? The, the idea is that you can write, you know, the body, the text... Everything and so it publishes it everywhere. It can it can send a tweet. It can go within the PressGram app and then it can post it to your blog. So when people are on Twitter and they click the link, they actually go to your blog and then they can comment on your blog. So if you have uh, friends or family who aren't even on Instagram and they want to follow your photos, they can they can see it right there on your blog and they can comment. And it's a lot it's a lot more community oriented than even Instagram because Instagram forces you to stay on instagram whereas pressgram is very open and uh even you phil you found a, a really cool and creative way to use it um that isn't really even tied necessarily to the community aspect but you're just using it in a very niche
3: personal way tell us about that phil well um i like, i'm not a big picture guy i take a lot of pictures but I don't usually share a lot of them
0: and just so everyone knows that's not to be confused with phil's size phil is actually a big guy he's just not a big <laughs> picture guy yeah I'm a, first the, well,
3: I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the first well i'm not i'm not i'm not a big fan of the photos because i'm a i'm a big guy and uh i like pictures right because
0: when you're in the photo you dominate exactly phil's not usually in a photo but when he is he
3: fills it i am all up in that photo when I, I do the uh, press gram i set it up to where um you can take photos of my wife my daughter and i can share them right to our uh, family's blog which i'm not I'm still toying around with how I'm really ADHD, so I'll create 10 blogs, I'll manage two of them, and then the year comes around, I'll drop them all. (laughs) So I'm really toying around with what I want to be as a blogger and how I want to do things and just experiment here, learn a little bit, move on. So our family blog has been kind of stagnant for a while, and Pressgram has helped me to slowly think of new ways to reinvigorate it. By um, posting photos there, so we go on an event like we just did back in October. We had a um, pumpkin day. We go out and we pick pick pumpkins, pick apples. It's a big day. It's a ton of fun. And I um, press grammed a picture of my daughter picking out a uh, pumpkin. I called it a girl in her gourd, and I just posted it to our website, and I auto shared it t- to Facebook. So it's a uh, and doing that, it's a great way to just I mean just. Exponentially increase your blog traffic because people, instead of doing your Instagram photo, they're going to your blog to do the photo there.
0: If you don't want to have pictures of your kid all over the internet, you can set up a private blog. Okay. Okay and then you could publish to that and only have passwords set up for, you know, friends and family. There's all kinds of things that you can do with it. it I mean, when when you see the diversity and th- that is with Pressgram, you really begin to see how superior it is to something like Instagram, whereas Instagram is very one-dimensional. Pressgram is very multi-dimensional. I've seen it done a lot of different ways. I've toyed around with the idea of ChurchMag creating kind of a church tech Pressgram Section of the site where different guys can email me for some some login details, and I can give them login details, and they can Instagram from like Sunday during worship service <clears throat> while they're running <laughs> while they're running sound or setting up ahead of time or you know something cool that they would like to share with with the church mag group um, you know because. In the Pressgram app, you can select multiple blogs to post to. I don't know. Is that something that you guys think would be fun to do on Church mag or not?
3: That would be a cool idea to do. I've actually thought about doing it before, but I wasn't sure how that would fit in with... Uh... Your role as editor and having to to approve every single photo that comes flying through.
0: Well, basically it would be like a people approval. So like Phil, you would be people approved. Jeremy, you would be people approved. And then other people could ask our people and we people would get together and we would people approve. I
2: think it's cool. I think it'd be for what church tech is. I think that in the crowdsourcing sense, it'd be awesome from the editorial managing your website and trying to always create content it's probably the most nutty and <laughs> overwhelming thing that I can ever think of
0: and what you could do is you could then add that to your login and then when you're doing a a church mag pressgram then you would select it and and move forward from there I don't know it, it might be worth an experiment I, it would be you know if we, we tried it for a little while it might be it might be a fun thing to do I don't know uh, we'll, we'll see
2: if only we had a way to ask the people, what their thoughts were, and how they would use it.
0: Yeah. You know, maybe if we put this podcast, like, on iTunes and put it on the blog, and then people left comments, then that might work. I don't know.
2: What if we took pictures while doing the podcast and put them into the podcast, could we do that? What are you on it? What are you on it?
0: Well, that would only confuse <laughs> Phil Moore because he thinks that people can see him. Gotta.
3: Hey, if I can say one more thing about Pressgram, what I like about it in general is, is just that uh, okay
0: but only one more thing that's it one more thing. That's, that's all it. we have time no, for okay. just one more thing phil okay
3: come but on i won't say that We'll say this instead um have <laughs> <laughs> one more thing it's gonna be good my thing about press is uh it's a game changer it's it's i'm not, i love press for what it does but what i like about it, more about it is that somebody saw a problem created a solution which opens the doors for further innovation and expansion of photos, content, and content delivery on the web. And I'm just excited for what comes from this. We sound like such fanboys.
0: I know, a little bit. But, (laughs) you know, that's probably the closest we're going to come to a boom shakalaka. So, um, I guess that means because we did finally find a boom shakalaka on this segment, I guess maybe we'll do another podcast. Are you guys game?
3: Yeah. If we can take photos, I'm game.
2: Have we not learned that Phil is the, the entertainment and the talents and I am just the... You're the
3: brains. And I'm the jester. The 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 dance, dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> Tell us your funny jokes. Yeah, yeah. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted by buzzsprout.com. This is a Church Mag production.